Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your Daily Dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, October 27th. Thank you so much for being here alive. And if you're listening, oh my God, I was had my YouTube, my YouTube live jumping on somewhere else. Um, well, thank you so much for being here, you guys. I really appreciate it. I've it's been such an awesome week connecting with so many of you in the DMs and in the comments. And I I hear you, I see you, I love you, I appreciate you. And I'm so glad it's Friday. If you can connect with that at all, you know it's been quite a week, quite a couple weeks, and we all need a little break at the end of the week. Today, I'm actually wrapping up my four-week, five-classes podcast session. I started a podcast 101 with a great group of women, 10 of you, and I'm wrapping it up right after this today. And so many of you guys have gotten your podcasts launched and going, and I will be holding another one of those next month. So just stay tuned. I will be announcing it ASAP. We have so much to talk about today. Like it's crazy how much we're going to cover. So sit tight, get excited. In today's show, we will be covering Golden Bachelor and Southern Charm. We will be talking about two teas in a pod and the big kind of bomb that was dropped by Teddy Mellencamp. We'll be talking a lot about, we'll be talking about Uba from Roni and how she went after Tamra online. Woo. Um, And some other stories. So let's get going. Thanks for subscribing, liking, commenting, and reviewing. Okay. Couple of things. Number one, I always find it really interesting this morning. I last night I got home. I went out for uh, dinner and drinks, a birthday dinner with a girlfriend of mine. And she and I were out and we had fun. Actually, two of them. We were uh, out. We had a good time. It was nice to get away and get out. And then we came home and, um, and then I got like really heavily invested in, you know, all the po- political stuff that I've been posting about on, on social media. I'm not talking about it anymore here, but I tagged Katie Couric in one of my stories and I couldn't believe this. And I always find it so interesting. Katie Couric sends me a DM this morning and she's responding to what I tagged her in, in her story, in my story. And she was like, well, here's the actual truth. Here's what we do. And I responded and I went back and forth. And then I told her, I was like, I love your book. By the way, if you guys are lo- looking for a good memoir to either read or listen to, you should try Katie Couric's. You don't have to be like a news hound or even know so much about her. It's a really good read. I, I listened to it. I thought it was great. But um, so she and I went back and forth and she's like, do you have family in Israel? Yes. My grandmother just passed away last week in Haifa and we weren't able to go. She says, I'm sending so much love. This is so awful on every side. I said, I agree. I love to connect with people and you guys are going to love this next one who I was DMing. Well, okay. I'm not going to be a little, I'm not going to, you know, over-exaggerate this, but you guys want to know who saw my story. You guys know all about my obsession with Craig. Okay, Craig from Southern Charm. We're not getting enough Craig on Southern Charm. Craig is like a throwaway character. I want more. I want all Craig. I want to watch Craig's Charm. I want to watch Southern Craig. That's the show I want to watch. But 
there was a picture that Paige, his girlfriend, posted on social media of the two of them all dressed up. And I, I posted on my stories and I said, okay, I guess my boyfriend and his girlfriend look cute. And she responded to my story page and she goes, L-M-A-O-O-O-O. I thought it was so cute. I was like, Paige, you don't understand. I love your boyfriend and also move to Charleston and like make him some babies. Like let's get some happy times with Craig and Paige. I will be happy to support that relationship. Okay. Are you guys into the, um, the Plaths show? Uh, the, the, what is it called again? <laughs> Now I can't remember. I just had it all down. Hold on. Uh, Plathville. Welcome to Plathville. So I tried. I tried so hard to get into Welcome to Plathville. I really did. I thought like, this is so up my alley because I love Sister Wives. I love the Duggars. Like I love these weird families and their shows. I couldn't do it. I only got to like episode four. Tell me if I need to keep trying to. Tell me if I need to keep working it and trying to get in there. But I am just like the plath the plaths are hard for me. They're just hard for me. I, I have nothing to connect to. But anyway, so Olivia and Ethan Plath, who have been together for seven years, married or five years, they've been married. Um, and we see that in season one, she was like, you know, she introduced him to wine and beer. Anyway, they are getting a divorce. Do I care? No, but I know you guys care. So I'm telling it for you guys. Just giving you the updates. A couple other big stories. Bethany. So I get a DM from, I get a text from one of my friends, my East Coast correspondent, Molly Dare, yesterday saying, oh my gosh, I actually feel really bad for her in this. She sends me a TikTok to Bethany, which I can't open because I was blocked, remember? So I had to go and see it through another account, which I only use every once in a while. Maybe if someone says like, you have to see something from Bethany. So I went over there and Bethany, Bethany, I don't know if any of you guys saw this. This was kind of interesting to me. So Bethany, I guess, had to, was invited through Be Strong, her amazing organization that provides over three, it's provided over $300 million in aid for all these natural disasters. So they were invited to go to the NASDAQ and ring the bell. It's like a Wall Street stock thing. <laughs> I don't understand the financial world. Be Strong was invited and Bethany went. And she says in this video, and you guys should go and see it, it's pretty crazy. She says, I don't have, um, I didn't invite anyone. I didn't like realize how important it was and I didn't invite anyone. And she said, Bryn, her daughter, her 13-year-old daughter was uh, was like, she didn't know what a big deal it was. So she was like, I, I have math class. And so she couldn't go. And so Bethany says that she ended up going and doing this like really incredible thing and realizing when she was there that she was so alone, that she was so lonely and she was so alone. And she hates that, you know, she had this incredible, incredible accomplishment and she had no one to share it with. And she was saying this through like tears, like sobbing tears, snot, the whole shebang, lots of snorting, snotting, the whole thing. My misophonia type ear was struggling a little through that part. I felt bad for her, but a couple things. Where is Paul? Where is Bethany's fiance? Has anyone heard about this? Does anyone know what's going on? We have not seen Paul, I don't think, in a video since since the time of um, Jill Zarin, 
when Jill Zarin was on the show. I don't know where Paul is. And here's Bethany hysterically crying that she's alone. And then I thought to myself, this poor 13-year-old daughter who she's crying about saying my daughter wasn't there and I felt so alone and my daughter wasn't there. The 13-year-old daughter now has to sit back and think about it and like feel responsible for her mother hysterically crying over her not being able to be somewhere, even though Bethany wasn't saying it in any ill will towards Bryn, she was saying it really kindly. Like, I love her and I know she wanted to be there and she tried to be there, but she wasn't there. So as a 13-year-old daughter, how would you feel if you knew your public mom, who had thousands and thousands and thousands of views on every video she ever did, was crying hysterically that she was lonely at this huge, you know, event and her daughter wasn't there and she was so sad and so, you know, whatever. I thought to myself, like, this is actually going to be one of those things that is she's going to talk about in therapy. Why doesn't Bethany have anyone? Let's talk about that for a second. Like, I feel so sad for her. She really doesn't have a circle of people around her. I feel like everyone that's been around her in the past is gone, you know? And I feel, and I don't say this like out of hate for her. I say this because I feel for her. It's like at one, at some point you do have to kind of sit back and say like, why have I pushed away every single person in my life? But where is Paul? Where is Paul? How could she release this video? I'm convinced they're not together because she would have said in this video at some point, you know, I am so glad that I at least had Paul there and Paul was holding my hand and I was support. I still had some support. She didn't mention Paul at all. She said, I was alone. I'm lonely. I'm lonely. I think they're broken up. It feels too weird. It's giving Dorit and PK, Kyla Mauricio, not talking about you, not posting you on my, on my feed for months and months and months and months. We'll see. Um, okay. What's next on my list? Oh my gosh, you guys, if you watch my stories yesterday, there are some rumors going on around Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel. And apparently Jessica Biel and Justin Timberlake are potentially heading for Splitsville with Olivia and Ethan Plath. Um, I hope for their sake that they don't split up. I think they make an adorable couple. Um, I don't care so much for either of them. I've always liked Justin Timberlake, although some stuff has come out in the most like more recent past, obviously about him, but I've always thought he was like a pretty decent guy. They've seemed cute, except we did see that he had that moment where he was holding hands with, um, Alicia Wainwright, an actress in New Orleans. And they were like kind of flirty drunk. Um, I believe that, Okay, so this is how I got this rumor. And you're going to think this is really nuts. But Bravo Historian on Instagram, her name is Samantha Bush. She has, she's, she was the first person that I saw post about the Kyle Mo Mo issue. I was in Greece at the time. It was in June. And I saw her on Twitter say like something is up. And it was pictures of uh, Kyle and Morgan and then like the, you know, and then face reality 16, my, my girl, Elise, Eliza really took that and went all in and created the whole, you know, story about it. And she really gave everyone the story, but Samantha was the first person that I saw say it. So she posted yesterday that this is happening. I don't know, but just keep it in mind. I will keep an eye out for you guys. I can't imagine Jessica Biel is enjoying all this horrible hatred that Justin Timberlake is getting. Britney fans are, we've seen it. They are diehard 
they're like Taylor Swift fans, you know, they will do anything to support their person. And if she's talking badly about him, it ain't going to look very good for him in the world, in like the world. Right. But we'll see. We'll have to see what happens. Okay. Oh, he turned off his comments on Instagram apparently. And now people are going all in on Jessica Biel's Instagram, which is so not fair. By the way, I hate that when they, when they do that. Anything that happened with Brittany and Justin happened many years ago. I'm not saying that it's okay that any of that happened. That's not even the point. The point is now we're 20 years later. She writes a memoir. His current wife shouldn't have to deal with the, the wrath of Brittany fans. I hate that. That bothers me. But this is, you know, celebrity culture. And this is like the mob that goes after people. They love to go after people to support who they, you know, like online. They love to, you know, attack people that talk shit about their favorite stars or talk shit about their favorite entertainers or podcasters or whatever. And then the, you know, the comment section gets really, really nasty really fast. So we've seen this happen before. Okay, you guys. Now let's get into two teas in a pod and Uba. First, I'll start with Uba. So Uba, okay. Two teas in a pod is Tamara Judges and Teddy Mellencamp's very, very popular housewives podcast. That's what they do. They recap housewives. Teddy, obviously former housewife, Tamara current housewife of OC and Beverly Hills. So they, they are all talking about, um, all the housewives every week. It's not strange and it's not weird that they have to recap housewives. And we all know that there's a certain, like there are different ways, there are different podcasts out there. Some podcasts literally recap housewives shows and they don't really necessarily add a lot of their own opinions. They just tell you what happened. Those are less interesting to me. I want to hear people's opinions about what they're watching. I do. I, I think it's more interesting to not just hear like, so then this happened and then this happened and then this happened. Sometimes people can make it really funny. Like the watch what happens Crappens guys love them, but most of the time I really like it when we break it down. Like that's why I like bitch sash. I like it when you can kind of take an episode of something and be like, so then this happened. Let's talk about that for 20 minutes. We don't have to talk about every single scene. So Teddy and Tamara do that for the show. They kind of go through the episode, but they break it down and they are not Teddy and Tamara are housewives. You guys, they are not, you know, people pleasers. They're not trying to make people like them. They're not pandering to the fans. We know that both Tamara and Teddy have really bad, like mean girl behavior on these shows, both of them. Right. So I guess Tamara was talking about Uba in the reunion and was talking about how she's trying to just secure the apple and she's, you know, saying certain things about it, um, because of it, like she's saying certain things about, you know, the other girls, because she just wants to be invited back next week. If you don't remember on the Housewives reunion, the Roni Housewives reunion part one this week, Uba was like pretty intense. She literally came in Uba hot. It was, it was, it almost felt random. We've talked about this already, but it almost felt random and like misplaced. She would just attack. And then two seconds later was sweet with a person. So I have a feeling just from watching the show and the series and the season, I have a feeling Uba has like just she lacks filter, right? She lacks the think before you speak experience. She just goes. She goes all in. So she did not hold back. She um, screenshot two teas in a pod on Spotify, and then she posted on her stories, Tamara Judge, secure what Apple? Darling, I'm the tree. Duh. You know they edit this show to the moon and back. They 
They do nothing random. They choose to edit that way to create confusion so people like you can talk. If you've got questions, send them my way. Sorry if my home makeup session bothered you. FYI, I do what I want when I want. And then she says, side note, it's truly remarkable how some of you jump to conclusions thinking that my choice to keep my relationship private implies the man must be married. Not everyone thrives on seeking attention or airing their entire life for public public consumption. And don't give me the BS I signed up for this. My man didn't. By the way, I didn't go to the reunion for anyone. I was there to seek clarity from a bunch of passive aggressive hags. Whoa. And then she's sharing private screenshots of DMs between her and Tamara, where she basically said something. She posted that that in the DM, that like what I just read to you. She posted that on her story. So then Tamara responds, Uba, we love you. Just didn't understand your anger towards Jenna. And yes, the editing with like a crying face. Sorry, I take it all back. And um, Uba says, I bear no grudge against Jenna. She shared her perspective in her confessional despite not being present for the full story. I found it crucial to address this and seek clarity. Regarding cheese, I grew tired of discussing minor matters like che- matters like cheese when more significant issues had arisen and it appeared that everyone was avoiding them and being passive. I wanted Jenna to know that the team she aligned with on the show didn't even want her. Ouch. So then Tamara says, I wish they would have shown more of your perspective. I feel like you started to bring stuff up, but they glazed over it. It got confusing to the viewers. Uba says, you know very well why they did that. And then this is where it gets like yucky. Tamara says, love to have you on the podcast to hear hear more. Agree. No more cheese talk. And she says, no, thank you. The Uber responds, no, thank you. The majority of people here resort to passive aggression and can't confront the truth. I won't waste my time on a group of biased viewers accustomed to artificial interactions. Whoa, it's a little much. It's a little much. It feels, it feels like, what is she mad about exactly? Like, what is Uba actually mad about? Does anyone know? Has anyone kind of like figured it out? I don't get what she's like really, truly mad about. Or is she just like, this is her personality. I just would not want to be on Uba's bad side. Would you? Like, that's why I'm so glad that this podcast is still like a little, like, you know, baby duck because it won't be picked up and pressed that I'm like, I am scared of Uba. And I'm like legit scared of Uba. I just find it real, really hard to understand. Like, she's gorgeous, she's pretty, and she's fun and funny. But when she's pissed, it's like, it's it's all so, so confusing, you know? Um, okay, so let's keep going. Um two teas in a pod. Did you guys listen to yesterday's episode? I am not going to take back any of any of what I'm about to say because I do think if anything, this is just promoting two teas. They don't need my promotions because they have the number one, pretty much number one TV and film podcast every week. But two teas in a pod is a very, very popular podcast. And it's always going to be popular when hot button topics like this can't, you know, come out. Teddy Mellencamp was on Watch What Happens Live on Wednesday night. It wasn't a good appearance, right? I talked about it more on my Patreon yesterday. I went more deep into it. It was not, it didn't make her look great. Like the way it was cut, not cut because it's not edited, but the way like the camera angles were going back and forth with Andy. Andy looked completely like annoyed with her. I don't believe that that's the case. I'm sure he likes her, but in the show, in the Watch What Happens Live episode, his reaction to her was so cringe. It was so freaking awkward. We all know this, right? Um, 
I'm assuming Andy asked her to be on the show. Like, I don't think that Andy didn't ask her. I think that Andy did, but he probably felt the same way a lot of us felt, which was like, why are we trying so hard? It felt like trying so like hard to get sound bites or to be really funny. It was cringe. It was awkward. The whole thing made me feel uncomfortable. It did, right? We're not, I'm not alone here. So Teddy's very polarizing. A lot of you guys really, really don't like Teddy. I've always said that she wasn't the best housewife, but I like her as a real human being and I like her on her podcast. But yesterday really just like irked me and I'll tell you why. She went on Watch What Happens Live and she started to bring up her own issues when when Andy asked her about everything that was going on with Kyla Mauricio. Teddy decided to take that moment and basically say, um, seeing the pictures, you know, or seeing that conversation between Kyla Mauricio, that really awkward conversation was really triggering for me. She basically was saying that she and Edwin almost didn't make it. She was like starting to hint at all these personal things about her, which felt so incredible, um, incredibly out of place. Like she's not a housewife anymore. And so it did feel a little bit, you know, trying to get Andy to maybe ask more questions. I mean, I can, we can read between the lines, right? It looks like Teddy's trying to get back on the show. It does. And so then, but like Andy didn't take the bait, right? He wasn't like, whoa, oh, really? This is like, this is something that you've gone through. Edwin is meanwhile, Teddy's husband in the audience. So whatever is being brought up this week, I imagine my guess is that Edwin is my guess is that Edwin is very much aware that Teddy's about to throw him under the bus this week to try to get either ratings for the podcast, press, or hopefully back on Housewives. So she records two teas in a pod, I want to say yesterday morning. So Housewives was Wednesday night and watch what happens live. And then she goes and records this episode. I think my guess is that she knows that it was a cringe episode. She said of Watch What Happens Live. My guess is that she basically is aware of it because she kept saying it was a really hard time to be there. There was a lot of stress going on, et cetera, et cetera. But this is where I thought it was kind of crazy. So in the episode of Watch What Happens Live, um, Teddy kept saying how close her family was with Kyle's family. I'm going to reserve judgment just from what I know, but I think Teddy and Kyle are incredibly close. I can't imagine that Mauricio and and Ed and Teddy are that close because Mauricio's in New York this week too. So they were all in New York at the same time, but Edwin and Teddy didn't hang out with Mauricio. There was no connection there. My guess is that like, you know, when people go through a divorce, like who do you choose in a divorce? I'm guessing Teddy and Edwin chose Kyle. I don't think that they're all that. I mean, I'm sure they love each other and they're best friends, but the kids aren't the same age. You know, Portia is 15. She's the youngest one of the kids. And Teddy has like 10 and under year old kids. So, uh, you know, I just found it interesting that she kept saying how close the family was but she was willing to really throw Mauricio under the bus. So in two teas in a pod towards the end, and now I feel like you guys are all going to want to listen to this. Teddy essentially says that season one of of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that she was on, her first season, so whenever that was, she said that entire season, that was basically 
how Edwin and I were together in scenes. I thought it was going to end. I thought our marriage was over. I was so resentful. I couldn't even look at him. I was so mad at him. It took us so long for me to be able to trust him. Um, da, 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 da. It's, and she kept saying, like, I get it. I get where Kyle's coming from. And so Tamara finally said, Teddy, are, are you saying that Edwin cheated on you? And Teddy did not deny it and said, all I can tell you is that seeing the pictures of Kyle, I mean, of Mauricio and Emma holding hands was very triggering to me. Um, I do believe that that was a way to not only admit that Edwin has cheated on, on Teddy, which anyone listening to that episode would take that away, but that Mauricio is cheating on Kyle or has cheated on Kyle, which obviously as fans and as people that are, you know, doing this, like the podcast world and, and all of us Bravo creators, we all see it, right? We know that Mauricio has cheated on, on Kyle. It's all been out there. We don't have, you know, the women so far are not, well, I'll give you guys a little bit of scoop in just a second, but I don't think I don't think you can say I love I love Mauricio and I love that family, but also he cheated on Kyle. I love my husband, but he cheated on me. Like, does Edwin, her husband, want to now be dragged under, you know, dragged through the streets for being a cheater? They still have, I mean, their kids are my kids' age, plus she has the little baby, right? So she has the 11 year old, and then she has like an eight year old, and then she has the two year old or the three year old, whatever. Like now they have to know that their dad cheated on their mom. It just seems so weird to bring that up. Why? Why when this is about Kyla Mauricio? Now, I think she's trying to relate, but I just felt bad. She's not on a show anymore. Like it didn't have to come out, but it d probably does make more people listen to the show. Um, I have a feeling what we're about to see is that Mauricio is going to get dragged this season. I think Mauricio is going to get, I think a lot of shit is about to come out. And I've heard from someone who's in the know through, this is a long story. I mentioned it more on my Patreon, but I'm not going to say my source, but I will say that um, apparently these women that Mauricio has had this affair with are going to be coming out. And one of them was one of Kyle's friends, which could have possibly been the final straw of why Kyle hates Mauricio. But then the, she, she says, I love him and we're keeping things amicable and we still live under the same roof. So which is it? Do we hate him because he's cheated on you for years and years and years? Or do we love him because you just fell out of love with him? Like, what's the deal here? And I hate, I feel like we are just getting like thrown into under the bus and upside down because then Mauricio came out yesterday and did this video with Emma Slater, this, uh, uh, um, um, uh, yeah, uh, 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 it's so weird. Every time Mauricio gets interviewed by TMZ and gets asked the hard questions. And then of course it's like us with punctuated between some important information, which I think is a way of being like, what should I say next? He's holding hands with Emma, of course, a few days ago. And then they made this really weird video kind of saying like, nothing's happening between us. We're cool. I have a feeling that this whole entire season is going to be painting Kyle as the victim. And she had no choice, but, you know, to find someone else to fall in love with because she was left alone by her husband, who's the serial cheater. Hmm, guys. It's all messy. It's messy. What do you guys think? I don't know. I, I'm I'm finding it 
a little bit hard to um to connect with. I really am. I can't I I feel bad for Mauricio even if he's been a dick because I feel like they're playing him right now. And I feel like he's in the game with Kyle. Like the whole thing is so weird. I just want them to be honest and I feel like we're never going to get an honest answer out of any of these people. This all sucks. I don't want to be lied to. And I also don't want people to make me feel like I'm stupid, right? Like the Dorit and PK thing. They may not be divorced, but they're definitely separated. So don't now act like everything's completely fine. Also, by the way, and I love Dorit, but you guys have to watch this trailer for next week. Not trailer. There's a scene that was released for next week's episode where she is sitting with Erica at a park. And I'm not joking. This is the craziest thing. She says to Erica that she was robbed again. Remember, they were robbed once. Then they were robbed when Dorit was laying in bed with the kids in the other room, the big scary one. And then now Dorit is saying she was robbed again. But this is a crazy story. She says that she went to the bank and received $10,000 dollars in cash because she had to buy gifts. What? Then she said that she put that $10,000 in her purse and went shopping, which immediately makes you think she's at Bergdorf Goodman. She's at Saks Fifth Avenue. She's at one. No, no, no. Her bag was stolen out of her cart. And then when they watched the videos, they said they saw three men following her. Huh? It's giving Erica in the cliff. It's giving, you know, uh, 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 we're, we're just friends. Ah, I just grabbed her hand. Ah, I'm so confused. In 2023, you go to the bank and get $10,000 cash to go shopping? In what world? Use a debit card. Number two, you go and you get $10,000 cash. You put that in your bag and then you put it in your cart and go to the, where? Trader Joe's? Ralph's? Target? Who puts that kind of cash in their wallet and then doesn't immediately put it in a safe or spend it somewhere? Who is just sitting with that kind of cash in your wallet walking around in a cart? There's so many things wrong here. I've never once put my purse in a cart. I always go shopping with my bag on my body or a, a belt bag. Or in a pocket. Like I've never once left my my purse in a cart after 10 years of seeing that like old grandmas get purses stolen from their carts all the time. It cannot happen. What's going on here? Something's up. Find it all very strange. Okay. We're going to move on, you guys. <laughs> Finally. It's like I keep wanting to move on, but then I keep thinking of other things to harp on. Let's do a quick Southern Charm moment and then we're going to wrap up with Golden Bachelor because I thought Golden Bachelor was the cutest thing I've ever seen. I just, I love that show so much. So, And you know, it's weird that I'm choosing Golden Bachelor over Southern Charm to watch first because they both air on Thursday nights. So Southern Charm, I thought it was a Blasville episode until the very, very end. But essentially what we're dealing with here is the same story that we've been dealing with for the last few weeks. We have all these girls kind of fighting over all these guys. We have a friendship that's being broken up. So we have Taylor who was like Miss Goody Two-Shoes, Miss, um, Miss, uh, you know, Bible thumping, Jesus loving, 
you know, never heard a fly type of girl who breaks up with Shep a couple years ago or a couple months ago and then decides to go balls to the wall. She's getting drunk all the time. She's hooking up with everyone. She's sending nudes to Whitney. That's Patricia's son. Like she is just kind of going wild. I have to be honest. I understand that side because we've all been in a serious relationship and broken up. And then you just like, you do it all, right? You're like hooking up with all the people and making out and doing all the things. So I get that part. I do. I have to say but you maybe want to go outside of your friend group a little bit because she really shit the bed here, Taylor. Not only did she kiss, apparently only kiss, we'll see, Austin, who happens to be her ex-boyfriend's best friend and also her best friend's boyfriend, like on and off again boyfriend. So there's just that. And then um, and then she sent nudes to one of her ex-boyfriend's best friends. It's all so strange. Now cut to Madison. Madison, who has become the star of the show. I am obsessed with Madison. Remember, Madison used to date Austin. Um, and of course, he cheated on her because who hasn't he done that with? And now she's married to a very, very good looking guy. And she is, um, and see, he seems really sweet. They live in different cities or like he goes out of town for work. But this was a moment that broke me in this episode. She's sitting there with her husband and they're just like eating crudite in the middle of the afternoon and her adorable, the cutest little boy Hudson comes home from school. And I'm guessing he's like my kid's age. Like I'm guessing he's anywhere between eight and 10. And he walks into the room and he goes like this to his mom, hands out and he starts to cry. And she's like, hi, what's wrong? Cause you've all been there, right? We've all been that mom where you see someone and all of a sudden you're like, oh no, what's going on? And she goes up to him and she hugs him and he starts bawling and he's got bite marks all over him and bloody legs and like scuffed up clothes and a knee and his hair is messy. And he goes, they, he just wouldn't stop biting me. And I couldn't really fully understand what was going on, but it was clear he got like jumped. This little adorable sweet boy got jumped by maybe another kid or whatever. And someone pulled him off and he came home to his mom and cried. And then the sweet husband took him upstairs and helped him get changed and get cleaned up. And I saw Madison's face and she goes to him. I mean, this was like such a moment. She, and this is what I would do, by the way, where she was like, who is it? You want me to go kick their ass? I'm going to go kick their ass. And that's exactly what I would do, by the way. If you F with my son, like it's over, mama bear comes out. And so, um, and so she, she like keeps it strong. It's okay, honey. It's okay. He goes upstairs and then she starts bawling. She's like, what do I do? What do I do? Oh my God, did my heart break. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a boy mom, but whenever I see scenes with moms and their sons, they take me out. I'm so, so like related, like able to relate with that moment and to be able to see it. But I just thought it was so, so sweet and so sad. And then Madison, a little bit later in the episode, they all go to JTJP, diabetes, sticking yourself in a needle through your pants, messy ass house, alcoholic type of guy, whatever. Um, they go to his house that he has been redoing to, to rent out. And it's this gorgeous, gorgeous, almost like a brownstone feel, gorgeous. And they go there and they end up having um, a dinner party. And everyone is there. Austin's there. Whitney's there. Shep, all the girls, Leva, Taylor. Um, remember, Olivia has just been dealing with the sad 
loss of her brother, like the untimely loss of her brother. That was last episode. So they end up having this dinner party to hopefully kind of lift everyone's spirits and enjoy each other and and go through this funky time together. But during this dinner party is when Madison starts kind of sharing the news that she saw the nude of what Taylor sent Whitney. And Whitney's a guy, by the way, in case you guys don't watch. And so she starts kind of sharing it with Shep and all the other people, all the girls. And I didn't love this part, I have to say. Like, I felt bad for Taylor because, like I said, we've all done some shitty things. I don't think it was nice that she kissed Austin. But the sending of the nude and, like, whatever, I'm like, come on. Let's be a little bit sensitive about, you know, when people are just doing drunk, stupid things. But Madison, like, all the girls were kind of being cold to Taylor talking shit about her. I felt bad. And then when they were sitting at the dinner, Madison went all in on her and just like tore her a new one saying, you're pretending that you're not who you are. You're pretending like you're Miss Goody Two-Shoes. You clearly aren't. You clearly have this like effed up side of you. And um, one of the guys said to Madison, like, so were you. You did this too. I think Chef said it. And Madison, she's so funny. She's like, I admitted I was a slut and now I'm retired. I thought it was really actually funny. So um, Taylor, Taylor's having a tough season. Olivia's the one who lost her brother and Taylor's having a tougher season. You know what I mean? Like she's just not looking so good in this, in this run, but Southern Charm is just okay. I'm going to be honest. Like it's a fine show. It's not exciting me that much right now. It's kind of like, okay. Like I watch it. I'm not like really invested. Like I am Beverly Hills. Or Golden Bachelor. So let's move on to Golden Bachelor, which, oh my goodness, number one, Golden Bachelor. What a time to be Jewish, right? As a Jew, it is such a hard time right now. As anyone that has family going in the situation, it's very hard. But they open up Golden Bachelor with four of the women doing Okay. Havana Gila. If you've ever been to a Jewish wedding, if you've ever been to a bat mitzvah, bar mitzvah, you know everyone holds hands. They go around in a circle. It's called, you know, they do the Torah. They, they, the Hora, they, um, the Torah. They take everyone in the in the chair. They push them up and down because it's a celebration. Wow, what is it? It was such a moment. It was so cute. So it was Susan, who's our Chris Jenner. It was um, Ellen, who is our pickleball champion. Remember last week. And then in that was also Teresa, who's our local dingbat. And I can't remember who else it was. Was it Faith or Paige? I can't remember. Paige? Did I say her name right? Hold on. I just need to see before um, before I keep going. I just want to make sure I get the names right. Because there's a couple of the women that I'm, um, I get confused. The two that I get confused are um, the long – oh, the one who is, you know, the singer who went on the one-on-one last night, she was, geez, I mean, I've got to get this right. Hold on. I know you guys are just going to help me out here. You guys are going to tell me who it is. I'm going to give you guys a moment. So Leslie, Leslie, wait, Leslie was the one that is the singer that went on the, the one-on-one date. Okay. So they end up having, you know, this like this moment where they get to sit down. Okay. So Leslie is the one on the one-on-one date and Faith is the one that um, 
is the other brunette one. They look very similar to me. Faith is the dance instructor. Okay. I hope you guys are, I, I, I want to be right. I don't want to be all messed up here, but just, you know, stick with me. So Gary, Gary's group date card comes out. And remember at this point we have Sandra left. We have um, those two women. We have five women left and they have to get, or I'm sorry, six women left and they only are going to end up with three at the end of this week. So they're really cutting people up. Okay. Thank you. That's what made more sense. Faith was on the one-on-one date. So Faith gets the one-on-one date. She's gorgeous. To me, she's just so just like amidst this like calm, beautiful energy. She gets the one-on-one date, which looks like heaven. And this is a date where they go on a helicopter and he's so cute. He's like, it's okay, babe. No, um, he's AI. Remember that? He's like, you know, Gary's like, listen, this has been a, this has been a very, uh, uh, an interesting experience. I feel so lucky to have all these women. That being said, it's going to be a very difficult decision at the end of this week, but I just want my heart to soar. So I'm going to take faith and soar our hearts over California in a helicopter. So they get on a helicopter. And as they're up in the helicopter, she's like, I'm scared. Which, by the way, I would be shitting my pants so scared. And Gary's like, I got you, babe. So, um, oh my God, wouldn't it be funny if they t- turned out into like um, a Sunny and Cher moment? Because she could be Cher, right? She's like a singer. She's, I got you, babe. Na, 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 na. So they end up going on this this helicopter that lands on a yacht. What a date, right? They end up having this incredible time. They are making out left and right. These two can't get their lips off of each other. The camera's filming them make out. They're making out on the couch. They're making out in the hot tub. They're making, I mean, they are hot for each other. And of course she ends up getting a rose. Now you go back to the house and you realize all four of these women, I mean, bless their hearts. They're so sweet, but like, yeah, it's getting really tight and they're getting a little bit nervous about about it. And they don't know exactly like who's next and who's, and would you want to hear about the girl's date? That's what I want to know. Would you want to hear about the girl's date when she comes home and she's telling you all about this? And they're like, yes, tell me, we want to know. We want to know everything. And she's like, okay, I'll tell you because it was so crazy. Cool. We went on a helicopter and then we landed on a yacht and then you see Susan and she goes, that was my dream. (laughs) By the way, just a little side note, Susan, and we see this every single episode, Susan is a girl's girl. You know how you can tell who's a girl's girl and who's not a girl's girl? Kathy was not a girl's girl. Kathy, you know, the Caitlyn Jenner lookalike, like he, that was not a girl's girl, but, but, um, Susan was, is a girl's girl. She's just like really happy for all the women. So sweet. Like she actually wants to be their friend. But you could see that Leslie was starting to get a little bit triggered by that one-on-one date. She was crying all day. She really was struggling knowing that he was out having like falling in love with someone else. And when Faith comes home and is saying about this crazy cool date, you see Ellen and Leslie and their faces like they're pissed. They don't want to hear about it. So then the group date comes on and they go to some sort of amusement park chaired as like a a carnival situation. And I'm just going to be hundred percent honest. I tuned down a lot, tuned out a lot of this part. The group dates are boring, but he did have some interesting one-on-one moments when he talked to Leslie, the blonde woman who I love, not Leslie, um, Ellen. When he talked to Ellen, who I love, she was 
tell me if I'm saying it right. She was so, so cute. And I hated seeing, you know, what ended up happening. But she was like, I'm falling in love with you, Gary. I'm falling in love with you. Like, I am just falling in love with you. I thought it was so sweet. She really, really loves him. And she's starting to freak out because she's like, what am I going to do? I, I, My heart is going to explode tonight. Like, if I don't get the rose, I'm just going to explode. If I get the rose, I'm going to explode. Like, she was all in. All, all in. Then we had, um, you know, a couple of moments with Sandra and Susan. And it was just very brief, which I was like, they're going home. You know, if they only spend like 10 seconds on any of these girls' interactions, they're going home. So we knew that they were going to go home. We didn't know yet, but at the end of the date, he says, oh, and then he has this long conversation with Teresa who was like, I love you, Gary. I love you with her big eyes. And they do some making out. I don't want to watch that again. I turn my eyes for those parts. He can't give the rose. He's not able to give the rose. He's like, it's too hard for me. I, I can't, I can't do it. They really triggered the AI robot in that scene. They were like, turn him up a notch. Okay. It can't be a, like, Hi, girls. I had a great time with you. In this one, it was like, I can't do it. He puts the rose back down and he decides that he's going to go off and, you know, give the final two roses the next night. So now all the women, um, other than Faith, all the women are saying, who's going to get these roses? So he starts giving out the roses. The first one he gives to is Leslie. That's Leslie and Faith are very interchangeable to me. I can't remember, but... Um, Leslie gets the rose. She's the, the dancer, hippie dancer. So I'm like, he's into brunettes. He's not into blondes so far right now. We have two long haired brunettes and now it's between Sandra, Susan, Ellen, and Teresa. And he ends up getting Teresa. So Susan, that's Chris Jenner, the best friend to all of us. The one that we know has gas. If you remember that, she's the hairdresser. She's gone. She gives him a big, sweet hug. Oh, I love you. Okay. Like she's such a good, sweet person. And then we have Sandra who also looked so adorable. And she's like, it was great meeting you. And she went off into the sunset. And then finally we were left with Ellen who just looked devastated. And I really did feel for her. I did. And I hope she gets another shot of love. Maybe she'll be the golden bachelorette. Do you think it will be her or Joan, the hottie, the blonde hottie who had to go home to be a mama? Anyway, I thought it was an amazing episode. So now we're left with Teresa. Teresa, who's given me, oh God, I'm going to be so mean, you guys. I don't want to be mean, but I feel like I just want to be honest. Teresa's giving me a little bit of single white female, a little bit of, I know where you sleep, Gary. And then we have Leslie, who's like, I'm going to dance in your pants, Gary. And then we have Faith, who's like, kumbaya, my lord, kumbaya. So now between the three of them, I feel like, you know, we've got a lot of a lot of fun personalities to go down to. I don't know who wins. I know some of you guys definitely know who wins. I am praying, I hope, from here until the end of the world that it's Faith. So far, I want it to be Faith. I can't, yeah, Kathy. I miss Kathy. Kathy was really such comic relief, just like Mauricio is on Dancing with the Stars. So please keep voting Mauricio in. We need to see him go to the all end. Like I need to see, there is no way that I can function unless I constantly see 
you know, this is what I want to see every day of my life. If you're not watching on YouTube, you're missing out. So um, I love, 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 Kathy. Zip it, bend it, snap it, and lock it and pop it. Okay, zip it. Zip it, Teresa. I want Kathy to pop out on Teresa's home date with Gary. And she'll be like, Gary, I had such a great time with you. And Kathy just pops out of a pops out of a field and she goes, zip it, zip it, pop it, lock it, zip it, clip it, snap it. Ah, I miss him. Anyway, you guys, I hope you have an incredible weekend. Make sure to listen to yesterday's Patreon. It's good. It's good. There's a lot of good stuff in there. And um, thank you so much for continuing to support this show. It means the world to me, and I will see you guys on Monday. Bye, y'all.